The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio once again. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Let me warn you in advance, you may find this a troubling program with some political references mixed in with some religious points of view. But I hope you'll bear with me while I discuss some prophetic understandings from the Bible's book of Revelation in light of today's critical political circumstances. The freedom to discuss unorthodox spiritual understandings can be so easily smothered when authoritarians attempt to control discussions about what is true. A conversation about today's theme was triggered when a listener contacted me to say she had recently heard that the numbers on a casino roulette wheel when added together, add up to the number 666. And since Donald Trump had made casinos his livelihood, she wanted to know, did that mean Trump was the Antichrist? Well, I suggested to her that maybe roulette wheels were a poor source for biblical understanding, but I'd tackle the question sometime on this show. And then, last Monday night, I watched, along with most of the country, the televised images of Americans protesting across the street from the White House. They were calling for police reforms in light of the George Floyd murder and demanding justice for all the victims of white racism in this country. Meanwhile, a split screen showed the president in the Rose Garden announcing his plans to move U.S. Army troops into states where they weren't invited and to, in his words, dominate the streets where American protesters were exercising their First Amendment rights to assemble and voice their grievances. Suddenly, on the other side of the screen, police on horseback using chemical sprays, explosions, and physical violence were driving out both the peaceful protesters and church clergy from St. John's Episcopal Church, which stands across Lafayette Square from the White House. Apparently, uh, Attorney General Bill Barr had ordered the area cleared, violently if necessary, so the president and his appointees could walk across the park and pose in front of the church where Trump held a Bible upside down for a photo op. Well, watching that scene on Monday, I must admit, was really disturbing. In the late 60s, I had marched in Washington and New York in favor of civil rights for blacks and against continuing the Vietnam War. I'd seen police dogs and clubs used on marchers, but never used just to clear a park for a presidential photo op to to, uh, beat and gas those seeking justice so he could stand in front of a church and then hold a Bible in the air was, and upside down at that, seemed remarkable to me. By this very act, Trump was symbolically aligning himself with sacred scripture, but there was no love in his face. Frankly, he looked like he'd fallen into some dark hole. He's holding the Bible, I thought, more like a death sentence than a prop. It's like he'd received his draft notice from the dark side, where they don't take bone spurs as an excuse. It reminded me of that roulette wheel question about 666 and the Antichrist, so I thought this might be a good time to discuss end times prophecy again. First, let me say that some people in every age think their age will be the last. St. Paul, for example, preached that Jesus would return during Paul's lifetime and bring an end to the age, and that was even before John of Patmos wrote the book of Revelation. 
When John did write, it was apparently triggered by Rome's oppression and persecution of Christians. Later on in history, when symbolic times like the year 1000 or in times of terrible wars or plagues like the Black Death, people have turned to Bible prophecy to see what the Old and New Testaments have to say about the return of a Messiah. At the time of my birth, millions believed Hitler was the Antichrist, based on clues from Revelation and the book of Daniel. And Mussolini, the fascist dictator of Italy, was considered to be Hitler's false prophet, the 666 of his day. Interestingly, some reincarnationists have pointed out the facial resemblances in photos of Mussolini and of Trump. And, of course, today there is a contingent of evangelicals who do believe the last Trumps. Uh, Shorthand for the trumpets, the sound in the book of Revelation reports, are related to the president's name. Let me say full disclosure that I've had a long abiding interest in end times prophecy myself. It it began, I think, with a prophetic dream I had of uh, his death two days before the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in November 1963. I remember waking up in tears, confused, and wondering what would happen then. That turned to the dark side in American history, and my interest in end-time stories led me to get a master's degree at the University of Maine with a final project in end-times prophecies, and that led me, a few years later, into the seminary. Those of you who have listened to past shows on NDE Radio may have heard an old tape I made for a radio show some 30 years ago dramatizing the story of a man condemned to live until the end times and how he yearned to die. So today, let me fill you in on just one facet of end times prophecy in the book of Revelation, some suggested meanings for the number 666, and its possible connection to Trump's role as president. When I was a freshman at Columbia, I took a Bible course, a Bible history course, where they taught that Revelation was not written about some antichrist of our day, but about one of the past, the Roman emperor Nero, who committed suicide in 68 A.D., That was some 27 years before John of Patmos wrote Revelation, about the year 95. Why, the teacher argued, would John make a reportedly dead person a main threat to the future? It was because many people back then expected Nero would return. So let me tell you a little about Nero. To cite Wikipedia, the emperor Nero was usually associated with tyranny and extravagance. Tacitus claims that the Roman people thought him compulsive and corrupt. Many Romans believed that the Great Fire of Rome was instigated by Nero to clear the way for his planned palatial complex. And according to Tacitus, he was said to have seized Christians as scapegoats for the fire that he himself had had set and had them burned alive, seemingly motivated not by public justice but by personal cruelty. Nero tortured and murdered Christians the way Hitler tortured and murdered Jews. Nevertheless, Nero was popular among some Roman commoners, especially in the eastern provinces of the empire, where a popular legend arose that Nero never died and would return. Even today, most traditional Christian historians say Revelation was written about Nero's first century Rome, about future events. They base that on the number 666, which is described in Revelation 
as the number of a man. Turns out 666 is the numerological value for Nero's name, and since Nero died back in the first century AD, 666 should mean nothing to our future, nothing at all. Except there was that legend, a legend that lasted the better part of five centuries, that Nero would return. And here's where we run into the Christian debate on the concept of reincarnation. The Nero Redivivus legend, the legend that the emperor would return, was still a common belief as late as the 5th century. It claimed that Nero did not really commit suicide in 68 AD, but fled to Parthia, which is an area now known as northeastern Iran, where he was still alive. It said that someday Nero would amass a large army and would return to Rome to destroy it. Even St. Augustine, one of the famous fathers of the church, hundreds of years later wrote that some believed, quote, Nero now lives in concealment in the vigor of that same age which he had reached when he was believed to have perished and will live until he is revealed in his own time and restored to his kingdom. In later forms of the story, among many early Christians, the legend shifted to a belief that Nero was, in fact, the Antichrist. So what does this crazy story mean? Well, something my teacher at Columbia didn't tell us was that many early Christians believed in reincarnation. That means that when the church decided to reject the theology of reincarnation, the prophecies connected with the return of heroes and villains had to be by some magical means of life extension. That is to say, Nero, like stories about Hitler and Elvis Presley, never died. They could be back any day now. I woke up last Tuesday morning with that image of Trump in my head. There he was, standing in front of that boarded-up church, holding an upside-down Bible in his hand. And I thought, this was more than a photo op. Trump looked like a grumpy, frightened, tin-pot dictator caught live on camera. He's trapped himself in something much bigger than he understands, I thought, and he's actually terrified by it. The Bible teaches us the story of the world, the history of the world is, is full of antichrist, that is, people who stand opposed to what Jesus taught, to love God and to love one another. Well, it's the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But as the ghostwriter of Trump's book, The Art of the Deal, Tony Schwartz has said over and over, Donald Trump is no more capable of compassion or empathy than he is of overcoming gravity. I found myself actually feeling pity for this man, even though he yearns to be America's first dictator, even though his authoritarian leanings are now threatening to destroy our democracy. But he has been recruited to play a part in end times prophecy. At least I wondered about that. Does that mean he's the Antichrist? Well, I had told my roulette wheel listener, I don't think so, and I still don't. Trump is not psychologically capable of being the Antichrist. But he may play a significant part in the mechanism the Bible calls 666, the power that aids and promotes the Antichrist to divide and conquer and wend his way to the Jerusalem throne. Let me explain before we go further that Revelation never said 666 was the Antichrist. Revelation calls him beast number two, an aid to the Antichrist. 666 is the mechanism by which the Antichrist gains his power. 
So what is 666? Anyway, well, let me tell you some of the ways 666 uh, seems to be manifesting itself today. First of all, in Hebrew, 666 is a designation for the Internet. It was noted early on that the WWW of World Wide Web becomes Vav, Vav, Vav in Hebrew. Since in Hebrew there is no letter W, it's replaced by Vav, and Vav is the sixth letter of their alphabet. And since letters are also numbers in Hebrew, WWW is 666. Now, what does that say about the Antichrist coming to power? Well, let me just say, as amazing an invention as it is, the Internet was popularized primarily by pornography, virtual reality video games, financial transactions, and social media devices that enable lying on Facebook, on Twitter, and on many other channels for misinformation and social division. Most recently, Russian bots, trolls, and hackers have been using the World Wide Web to divide societies and disrupt elections in the U.S. and around the world. A further aspect of Internet 666, called the Mark of the Beast in Revelation, is described as an ID on our forehead or in our hand that enables us to buy and sell. In this generation, it may have manifested itself as the credit card, the Internet sales mechanism that has been a handy tool, a source of fraud, a solid means of identifying and tracking what we buy and what we do. Of course, credit and debit cards work through the Internet. Some claim our credit card number is this generation's mark of the beast. This administration's involvement with 666, though, is most dramatically displayed by the huge 666 sign marking the address on a Fifth Avenue building bought by Jared Kushner and his family. Jared is, of course, Trump's son-in-law, and he's and Jared's terrible deal in buying 666 created a billion-dollar debt that has now potentially changed the future of the Middle East. Well, for those who don't follow the finances of Trump's son-in-law, I would suggest they watch Jared's episode in the Dirty Money series on Netflix. Kushner bought his family's real estate business, close, brought it close to ruin by taking on a billion-dollar debt to buy 666 just before the real estate collapse of 2008. When Trump put Kushner in charge of Middle East peace, Jared was desperate for money. So he allegedly cut deals for cash to cover his 666 Fifth Avenue debts. For example, one alleged source of funds for Jared came in a deal allowing Saudi Arabia to build Russian nuclear power plants in, uh, in that country, comprising, uh, compromising the political stability of the Middle East where Armageddon is predicted to occur. Well, as I noted earlier, there have been many occasions in history when people thought the end times were upon us. In the year 1000, people gathered in churches around Europe, fully expecting that precisely at midnight, Jesus would come riding in on clouds of glory to save their souls. In 1844, the Millerites claimed Jesus was returning, as did the Jehovah's Witnesses in 1914 and 1917. Fact is, there have been hundreds of predictions of end times dates over the past 2,000 years. When the disciples asked Jesus when the end times would come, Jesus told them to watch for the signs, because he himself did not know. 
but the sign he mainly suggested appears in Matthew 24. It's called the lesson of the fig tree. Jesus told his disciples, quote, Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Now, the key here is this. The fig tree is traditionally the symbol for the nation of Israel, and its coming into bloom is taken to mean the return of the Jews to occupy that land. When Israel was reestablished in 1948 and expanded to include all the city of Jerusalem in the War of 1967, we were reminded, Jesus said, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Trump declared Jerusalem to be the capital of Israel on December 6th of 2017, inserting his role once again in biblical prophecy. The greening of the fig tree moves the coming of the Messiah's of Jewish, Christian, and Muslim faith closer closer to fruition, although I, for one, have no idea why evangelicals are yearning toward the tribulation that Jesus promised would befall us. Many of them, I know, hope for a pre-tribulation rapture where God takes the faithful out of here before the suffering begins. But historically, it seems, the people God loves the most are those who suffer the most like those on the front line during COVID-19. I think we're all expected to stick around and help others during times of tribulation. To break uh, this monologue, here's a poem from Dr. Doggerel called The Secret Meaning of 666. Christian folks are in a fix about the number 666. Fundamentals get their kicks with the number 666. Catholics, on the other hand, would like to see the notion banned. Scholars call the number Nero to Christians, a monstrous anti-hero who tortured Christians at his parties by lighting fires to their bodies. The reason Nero gets this blame reflects the letters in his name. When Nero's name to numbers switch, Nero equals 666. Therefore, Revelation's beast, to St. John's thinking, was the least kindly of the Roman Caesars, who ignited Christians at his leisure. But visionaries see further meanings to 666 than Nero's leanings. They see a future filled with marks on foreheads, hands, and other parts, a means of naming who we are and what we buy, and in our car where we may go and what we do. In all our freedoms, we will rue the choices made unless we're willing to serve the Satan and his villains. Others say our lot is cast in plastic with 666 at last the sum of credit cards effects to seal our money, to steal our money, and to hex our freedom and our Christian goals to value things less, more our souls, until we're materially possessed by our possessions, unconfessed and unrepentant is our lot, fulfilling Satan's dire plot. Or is 666 six some tiny chip implanted in our wrist or lip that we are scanned by day by day and everything we do or say so our free will is slowly stolen moral choice is now beholden to the thought police who hear everything that we hold dear and turn our loves to hate and fear 
While all these things may still prove true, the secret 666 shines through in how incredibly all-pervading the number has become, invading all we do or think or say in almost every act each day we engage in through computers, emails, research, seeking suitors, chat rooms, porno, even games, business, leisure, all the same. The 666 is the preface to everything we interface with. And every action with that involves the world wide web that Satan lobs at nearly everything we do and things we sell and we accrue. WWW, think on this. The letters symbolize the bliss of the author of destruction. Our hopes devolve in this reduction. When we do Revelation Go to study meaning, test the show of world events against end times, visions, monsters, we rewind and play again from St. John's text. The death of forests and the wrecks of famine, mammon, and disease, there for Satan's will to please, then we see it's his intent to do it through the internet. In the Hebrew language is the clue to 666 and all its crew of devils, monsters, other villains who want to freeze you and your will in walking footsteps you should walk. Instead of chatting, chat room talk while paralyzed you sit and gawk. In Hebrew, the letter W does not exist, and in its place stands Vav, in the sixth letter space. And since Hebrew letters numbers are each in its place, it's not too far a stretch to see that Vav 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 is 666 and has evolved to represent the World Wide Web and many things we've come to dread. Every liar's foreign agenda is to seek believers' ruinous end, a goal despicable and mean. Right there on your computer screen, we call it friend, the World Wide Web, till it betrays us. Like some hacking Russian thug with spyware virus, bugs corrupting all our files, us, and everyone we text or write to, electronic blight to make each fright true. It really leaves us in a fix, WWW is 666. There's no escaping this web snare. It's omnipresent everywhere. Each time we use a credit card to pay a store, is our soul marred? Should we believe in Revelation's mark of a beast whose occupations to ensnare us in a web so wide the beast and his mark can hide inside? Dr. Doggerel. Well, speaking of suffering, this discussion of 666 would not be complete without a discussion of the four horsemen of the apocalypse and how 666 may be fueling their arrival. This passage from Revelation describes the four horsemen. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conquering hero, bent on conquest. When the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make people kill each other. To him was given a large sword. When the lamb opened the third seal, I heard the living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, Two pounds of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. 
When the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind. There they were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. What do the four horsemen mean? Well, first comes the white horse, carrying the Antichrist and his bow. His bow shoots the invisible arrows of disease and plague. Second, the red horse brings war. Third, the black horse brings starvation. Fourth, the pale horse brings death to a quarter of the world's population as the result of the impact of the disease, war, and starvation brought by the first three. So is there something happening in the world today that foretells such multiple disasters? Well, as a matter of fact, there is. It's called climate change, and its effect on us and our environment is well-studied and well-documented. Three more degrees Celsius and the loss of habitat will bring more wildlife viruses and plagues like COVID-19, thus the white horse. Then there's the red horse of war. All the actions of our administration are encouraging confrontation in and around Israel. The recent announcement that Israel will begin annexing sections of the West Bank for Jewish use may hasten a war involving the U.S., Iran, and the other major uh, players. The black horse of famine comes with climate change, too. Droughts, violent storms, floods, and the desertification are increasing areas of famine around the world. This year, they're projecting a 400% increase in the locust swarms that have been decimating food crops in East Africa in the the past few years. And that 400% increase in locust swarms is due to uh, unusual rainstorms that have come at just the right time for the locusts to reproduce and swarm. Are government hotspots of 666 practices uh, feeding these horsemen today? Well, in this country, most of the major environmental regulations designed to reduce global warming have been trashed by Trump executive fiat. Solar panels and windmills, sources of clean power, have been rejected in favor of reduced fuel standards for vehicles, government subsidies continuing for coal, oil drilling, and methane. They've even opened wildlife preserves to more fracking. And fracking, of course, is creating more earthquakes, something else in uh, the biblical prophecy. Uh, As fracking removes oil from places like Oklahoma, places where there'd never been earthquakes before, suddenly they're having hundreds of small earthquakes per year. Well, the results of this pollution from uh, fossil fuels means more warming, with more plagues released, more pollution-related heart disease and cancer. And, of course, Trump's late, lame uh, uh, reaction to the arrival of COVID-19 demonstrates how the White House is spurring on the white horse today. Well, just as the environmental disasters of 666 are bringing on the black horse of uh, long-range famine, uh, we are generating uh, 
through global warming, the melting of ice caps, the dying of oceans, and the burning of the rainforests. As for the Red Horse, Trump's confrontations with China, Iran, our military aid to Saudi Arabia to kill Yemenis, are encouraging uh, our encouraging of Putin's Russia to spread chaos through the internet, and our encouraging of Netanyahu's Israel to move aggressively against the Palestinians are pushing us toward conflict in numerous ways, but particularly in the Middle East. The pale horse of death is sure to follow. So by now you may see why I believe Trump, Kushner, Barr, Stephen Miller, and the other representatives and elements of 666 emerging in this administration are hell-bent on bringing on the end times. Still, I don't believe Trump is competent enough to be the Antichrist riding the white horse. Putin, on the other hand, is certainly a candidate. We'll just have to see how it all plays out. Finally, though, there's one key thing I'd like to add to this story. Because we were created on the sixth day of creation, the number six is the number of man. Now, in numerology, to repeat the same number three times is to emphasize it. Therefore, 666 is like saying mankind with two exclamation points. And that is to say that it's not really the Antichrist that's bringing on the end times. There have always been Antichrists, always been wars, plagues, and devices for controlling the buying and the selling of goods. But I believe the reason Jesus couldn't give his disciple an end time state is because it was and is up to us. We are the alarm clock running this show. In the beginning, we were told to be the protectors of the environment, to be the healers of disease, to be the peacemakers. Doing that much for the world could continue to keep things together. But lately, we've been losing it, and that means all will be lost unless we decide to straighten up and fly right. One wonderful example of that has been the marches and demonstrations going on here and around the world right now, the reforms we're pleading and praying for. These marches are a sign for a spirit of love being poured out, especially on our youth. The decision to heal ourselves has never been more critical, and these marches and protests are a hopeful sign we can turn away from violence and from racism if we stay true to the Holy Spirit of empathy and compassion. God does not look forward to an end times for this beautiful creation, and neither should we. The decision is in our hands. Well, thanks for your interest. Once again, we are out of time for today. Please do what you must to stay well, and until next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, this is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.